guys, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me here again today. So if you've listened to my podcast before, you might have heard me talk about Greece, and that's because I did go there several years ago. And no, I'm not reusing stories. I got to go for a second time. And if you listened to that very first episode, I said that one of my favorite things of that entire trip was the fact that we went in November, obviously shoulder season for traveling to Greece, and there was like nobody there. Nobody on the islands, barely anybody in Athens. It was great. I loved it. Um, Had an awesome time. And I said that was like the biggest tip I had for traveling to Greece. Well, this summer, my wife really wanted to go to Greece, and I guess she didn't listen to my podcast episode because she insisted um, that we go in summer so that she could swim in the Mediterranean, and so I figured might as well, and let's see if we can try and avoid some of the craziness that I knew would be there. So that's really what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, If you are interested in most of the sites in Greece, feel free to check out my first episode. Um, This one I'll try not to go too in-depth into each place, but I do have one a full-day itinerary for Athens where you can get most everything done. I kind of have like times um, and things like that. And then also just a few other tips for avoiding crowds in the summer travel season in Greece. So We stayed in Greece for only about five days and only one full day in Athens. And so the very first day I arrived in the morning, uh, my wife was not flying in until later in the afternoon, but I flew in from Turkey and I went ahead and took my bags over to the hotel and then kind of wandered around for a little bit until I could check in. And I went and checked in, got a shower, um, took a little nap and then went and picked her up at the airport. Now, The first thing I do want to mention about traveling to Greece at all is make sure that you use the metro when traveling from the airport to the city center. Um, It is super convenient. It's like it's kind of expensive. It's like nine dollars a person each way, I think. But I'm sure a taxi or anything else that would get you into the city would cost at least 10 times as much. So definitely a money saver to do that. Now, obviously, the more people you have in your group, maybe it wouldn't be cheaper, but for one or two people, definitely recommend the Metro. Now, I will say the Metro leaving the airport, at least in my experience, is not the most straightforward thing, but it kind of is. So when you leave the airport, you obviously follow all the signs to the public transportation, to the Metro, and then you have to buy your ticket. And then once you buy your ticket, you go downstairs and there's two tracks. And one track says Metro and then the other track says something else, which like goes out into the countryside. It's like a long, um, long distance rail. And the confusing part is that there's like no signs telling you which direction the train is going. And so the very first time I was really confused because I was like, I don't know where this train is going. And, but the thing is there's only one train and the... Um, the airport is like the last stop on the route. And so literally there's only one line that's actually for the Metro. So you just get on that one and it has to take you into the city because it can't go the other direction. It's the end of the line. So I know the first time I was there, I had to ask for help and there were some really nice people who like showed me what to do. And then this time there were several other people who were like all confused, didn't know what to do either. And so I was able to help them. So based off of my two experiences, um it's not the most straightforward but it is at the very same time so 
if you want to go into the city just get on the train that says metro i think it comes like every 30 minutes or something like that so you might be waiting for a little bit um but don't worry and there's only one direction um that it will be going I will say make sure that you have your um, map on your phone already pulled up because like 90% of the um, ride into town is either underground or in a tunnel. And so I was trying to help this one lady on the metro and she didn't have her map pulled up and she didn't know like what stop she needed to get off at. And we like tried the entire like 40 minutes before my stop and um, like we couldn't get it to load. So I was like, well, hopefully like when we get out of a tunnel, like load it. And then I showed her like on the map where to get off and everything. Um, so hopefully she made it to where she was supposed to, to be going, but uh, make sure you have your map already loaded if you're going to need it. Okay, so that first night kind of just, you know, walked around. Our hotel this time was closer to the Agora. The first time it was a little bit closer to the Acropolis. And so it was cool to have like a different um, viewpoint of the Acropolis and like just staying in a different area of Greece. I also, the very first day, stumbled across the entrance to the Agora. And the first time that we were in Greece, we walked from the Acropolis down to the Agora and we were like at the entrances that were on the back side of the Agora. But you can't go inside from those entrances and I was with my parents and it was like hot and we'd been out all day and so I was just like I don't care that much and so we just turned around but this time I found the entrance and so I was excited to go do that the next day um, okay so one cool thing that we did on this trip that we didn't do or that I have, I've never done before is we did a cooking class and this was really fun um, we took a tour of the different markets so there was like a fruit and vegetable market there was a fish market a meat market um, our like tour guide lady bought some of the groceries there and then we went back to this kitchen and um, it was us and maybe like 10 other people and as a group we like made all these different dishes I think we made like four or five dishes so cooked them just had a good time talking to the local um, who was you know helping us cook and all that kind of stuff and then talking to the other people traveling who were also on that tour so that was a lot of fun and that lasted from around, I think, like 9 o'clock to around 12.30. So what I'm going to talk about next is basically if you have like a day or maybe even less than a day, you can hit almost all the sites in Athens, like the main sites. And so I'm going to kind of go through what we did after the cooking class and just show you like how close everything is, how long it took, how long I would recommend staying, especially if you're on like a time crunch. Um, and I honestly just pulled these times from like my photo album. And so like I saw like when we first got to a site, when we left, when we got to the next site and things like that. So they might, might be off by a couple of minutes. Um, but it was really surprising to see like how much we could get done in that one day and how close everything is. Even though I've been to most of those places before, um, I kind of underestimated how quickly we could go through them. So <clears throat> it really helped the cooking class was right next to the Agora. It also helped that we had obviously just eaten as well. So we, after we left the cooking class, we walked straight to the Agora. It was maybe like a 10 minute walk from the cooking class. And um, the Agora, like I said, is like the one place in Athens that I didn't really get to go to last time. And so there's not a lot to see in the Agora, but there are a few cool places. The best place is the Temple of Hephaestus, and it's a really well-preserved temple. It's not very large, 
Um, but like all the columns are intact. The only thing basically that makes it look any different than probably what it used to look like is that there's no roof. Like there's just empty, empty spaces in the, in the ceiling. Um, but all the columns are there, all of like the carvings and things. It's a really cool, um, awesome site. So make sure that you go and check out that temple. You can see it from the Acropolis and that's like the main reason I wanted to go there. Um, but that's probably the main draw in uh, the Agora. There's a few like sculptures and things as you're walking around, but a lot of it's just like, oh, there's a pile of rocks. This is what it used to be. This used to be like the bathroom. This used to be the jail, like things like that. Um, they did reconstruct one of the main buildings on the site and it's now a museum. And so besides the Temple of Hephaestus, really that museum is like where you're gonna spend most of your time. Um, make sure you climb up to the second story of that building. There's some good views of the Agora, um, of the temple, of the Acropolis. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people went up there. There's like no signs uh, or anything like that. So make sure you go to the second story of the museum at the Agora. Now, like I said, there's not too much to see there. And so we only spent an hour and that's a place that I'd never been before. So it's not like I just like glanced around. I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this and left. Um, I really did, you know, look and see and, you know, spend as much time there as I wanted and we spent an hour. Um, so after leaving the Agora, I recommend walking up to the Oropagus, which is right next to the Acropolis. And the Oropagus is a place where all the philosophers would go and they would talk and discuss things. And it's a really cool site. It's got a great view of the Acropolis, great view of the Agora. The entire surface of this like little hill is just like glass smooth um, just because of 2,000, 3,000 years of people walking and sitting on it. It's pretty crazy. Now the walk is actually, it doesn't seem very far because when you're in the Agora, you're like, oh, it's just right there. But it's literally like all uphill. So it's a solid 30 minute walk from the Agora up to the Oropagus. And, you know, take your time. Like I said, it's basically stairs and an incline the whole time. Um, so it might be a little challenging. I will say too, once you like get up to the top of all the stairs, you still have maybe like 100 meters or so to walk to the uh, the Oropagus, and that's where all of the bracelet scammer people are waiting for you. Um, the first time that we went, we walked up those same stairs, got up there, and these two guys came and started talking to us. And like before you know it, they put like a bracelet on your wrist, and they're like, "Oh, this is a gift," blah blah blah, and you know, my parents were with me, so they were like talking to them. And then when they like started to walk off, they wanted money. They were like, no, take it back. Gave them like, gave them their bracelets back and, you know, got into the whole thing. And then I had just had enough of them and I just like walked off with the bracelet. <laughs> and so they were like, no, like give me a gift. And I'm like, no, you said this was a gift. Like I don't need to pay for it if it's a gift. And I just like literally walked off and kept it. Um, but the second time, literally we came up the same exact stairs and as soon as we stepped off that last stair, I saw they could have literally been the same two guys came walking straight towards us. And they probably got like 10 feet away. And like before they even said anything, I was just like, no. And like they literally just walked right by us and then started to try and scam the people that came off the stairs behind us. So definitely, you know, act like you know what you're doing and just be assertive. And they seem to just leave you alone. So 
Um, maybe we just got lucky and the people behind us just looked a lot more gullible than we did. Or maybe it was my stern no to the bracelets. But definitely be aware. That's one of the bigger scams in Athens, honestly, is the bracelet scam. So just be aware of that. So the Oropagus, it's cool. It's got great views. After that hike, you're probably going to want to sit down and rest for a few minutes. And then that's about it. Um, you'll be there about 10 minutes. And then you're going to head over to the Acropolis. Now, last time we were in Greece, I wanted to make sure I was at the Acropolis first thing in the morning as soon as they open. And so we were like in line at like 730. I literally had to follow the military up the stairs as they were carrying the flag. And I was the first person up there for a few minutes. It was awesome. Got some great photos. I just like being in those places by myself. It's just cool. And so this time I was kind of worried. And we had the option because of the cooking class to either get there when they opened and stay for like 45 minutes and then have to hustle back to the cooking class and probably be all hot and sweaty. Or just suck it up and get there at like 1 in the afternoon. And, you know, there'll probably be a bazillion people there and just get over it. So we chose that option. And I, I'll be honest, I was shocked by how few people there were. And I don't know, it was like 2 in the afternoon at this point. It was probably like the heat of the day. Um, but there were not that many people there. We had to wait for like one person um, when buying tickets. We had to wait for like one person in front of us. And then we bought our tickets. We didn't have to wait to go through like the ticket scanners or anything. And we just walked straight up to... Um, the top of the Acropolis. I was really surprised. Now, there were quite a few like tour groups, tour guides, things like that. Um, it was not as crazy hectic as I thought it would be. There was definitely more people than I wished were there, but it was not like hordes of people um, like I would have imagined. And so that was a nice surprise. This was the beginning of July, which is probably like maybe the beginning or like first you know, half of the travel season. So that's probably not the peak, but you know, there were still, you know, it's the summer, it's travel season. And so that was honestly a nice surprise for how few people were actually there um, in the middle of the day. Um, so I've been to the Acropolis before. My wife has never been to Greece, so she had not. And so um, I kind of just walked around and, you know, did whatever she wanted to do. Like, do you want to you know, I've kind of pointed out things that I thought she might want to see that you might not know about. And so um, I was kind of just like following her, like whatever she wanted to do, because, you know, once I got up there, took some pictures, you know, that it's the Acropolis. It's amazing. Parthenon's cool. The Erechtheon's awesome. Um, but it looks the same as it did three years ago. And so, um, yeah, whenever she was ready to go, I was like, all right, cool. Let's move on. And so we were at the Acropolis for about an hour. And I thought I probably could have stayed there a little bit longer. I think maybe last year uh, or last time I went, you know, I might have spent like an hour and a half, something like this. And that not only includes the top of the Acropolis, but then there's like the theaters um, and some more ruins down at the base of the Acropolis as well. So um, don't just think it's the Parthenon and things like that. There's a lot of other sites in the area as well. So, you know, if you've never been, maybe you could stay an hour and a half, max two hours probably. Uh, but for this time, we were there for an hour and, you know, felt like a decent amount of time. So after that, we headed across the street to the Acropolis Museum. There's two main museums in Athens 
at least that I would recommend, and that's the Acropolis Museum, and then like the natural or the um, the National History Museum of Greece. And so um, we really only had time to do one, and honestly, we probably wouldn't have had time to do the National Museum either, just because we'd had to have taken a taxi to get over there. Um, but the Acropolis Museum is one of my favorite museums, and it's just right across the street from the Acropolis. There's some great artifacts from the Acropolis there, and there's just some awesome views that, like, you're literally like looking at the carvings from the Acropolis, and then look out this huge wall that's just made out of windows, and then there's the literal Acropolis right there. So it's a really cool museum, really cool setup, um, great location, and so I recommend that we went there. And once again, you know, I think we had to wait for maybe three to five minutes max to buy tickets to get into the museum and then there were more people inside the museum than before but it still wasn't like packed and obnoxiously crazy um so i was pleasantly surprised there as well once again great museum i love that museum highly recommend it especially if you only have time for one um definitely check that out now i thought this was interesting i personally really enjoy going to the museum after having been at the Acropolis. That's what we did last time and I thought it was really cool. Like you see the site and then you go and then you like see things that they found at the site and you can kind of place it in your mind. But then I asked my wife and she was saying that she kind of thought doing it the opposite way would have been cooler to like go to the museum, see the artifacts and then go see the site. And I can see that too because you know you'll watch like a YouTube video or listen to this podcast about taking a trip and you kind of like imagine and vision where these things are and things like that and then you actually go get to see the site. So I can see it both ways. I'd be interested um, to see what other people have to say on that topic. So if you would like to let me know, uh, feel free uh, to comment on my Instagram or on this episode. What do you think? Would you rather go to the site first and then the museum about it or the museum and then the site. Um, okay, so also last time we were there, I think we ran out of time at the museum. It was like closing, but the Acropolis Museum is built over an archaeological site. It's built over like part of old Athens or like a town outside of Athens. And so this time it was still open, so we were able to go underneath. It's included in your main ticket. And it's really interesting. There's not like a ton to see there, but it's literally an archaeological site just right there in Athens. And it's just a pretty cool thing. Maybe take 10, 15 minutes to go check it out and then be on your way. So don't miss that. It's kind of there's when you're walking to the main entrance, you can like there's glass on the floor. So you can literally see that you're walking over an archaeological site. That'll kind of remind you to go do it. But then the entrance is you have to like go down this side path to get there and you'll see other people doing it um, so I doubt you'd be able to miss it so after the Acropolis Museum we headed down to Hadrian's Arch and this took us oh I forgot to mention the Acropolis Museum we were there for about an hour and a half that's probably the longest thing that we did but it was really hot outside it felt really amazing inside the museum with the AC pumping and so I'm sure we sat around and kind of lollygagged for a little bit. So, you know, maybe an hour 15. Um, but once again, I had been there. So, you know, maybe an hour and a half is realistic if you've never been there before. Um, you know, it's kind of just up to you how much like you like museums and things like that. So after the museum, we headed down to Hadrian's Arch, which is literally like two blocks away. And it took us like 20 minutes to walk there, but I think that's because 10 of those minutes we were standing in front of a Coca-Cola cooler trying to figure out what drink that we wanted to take with us. 
And so we actually got yelled at by the street vendor because we had his fridge open for too long. There's this drink in Europe, and I, th- I found it in Italy last year, and it's called Schweppes, and it's like, it's like a Sprite, but they have like a whole bunch of different flavors, and so grapefruit Schweppes is my favorite, and so I cannot find it in the U.S. anywhere. I f- like finally found it online, but it was like $60 for like a 12-pack, and I was like, I'm not doing that. And so we found them like in Norway, we found them in um, Copenhagen, and then we found them again uh, in Greece. And so everywhere that I find them, I have to stop and get one. And so I got that, but then we were like trying to figure out if there was anything else we wanted. And so yeah, that took a, took a bit of time. But anyways, headed down to Hadrian's Arch. Hadrian's Arch is free. You can like go up and touch it. You can walk through it. It's pretty cool. Um, and you can see it from, you know, a ways away. You can't really miss it. Um, and it's like a, it's basically like the Arc de Triomphe, but for Hadrian, who I believe was a Roman emperor who conquered Athens. We're going to go with that. Might want to double check me there. Um, but it's basically just a memorial for one of his victories. And so it's really cool. Um, and it's just like an ancient monument there in the middle of Athens. So right next to Hadrian's Arch is the Temple of Zeus. And the Temple of Zeus, I went there last time and actually went inside. And it is very interesting. It's There's like only three or four columns that are standing. There's like two that have fallen over. And that's about it. And so... I wouldn't really recommend spending the money or the time that you would feel like you would need to stay there to get your money's worth um, to go in. You can really see 95% of it from outside the fence, and I think that's just the way to go, especially if you're on a time crunch. Now, if you have all the time in the world and you love, you know, history, then sure, you know, spend 10 bucks or whatever to get in there and look at this column that's fallen over on the ground. But if you, you know, need to save time, if you need to save a little bit of money, um, you're really not going to miss much by skipping it. You can also see it from the top of the Acropolis, which is really cool. Um, the Acropolis is obviously a great vantage point, and so I like being up there, and you can kind of see, like, okay, this is where we're going, this is where we're going after that, and you kind of, like, see all the different sites that you've been to or are going to, um, you know, from that high, high viewpoint, which is really cool. So after the Temple of Zeus keep on walking down that same road and you're going to head to the Panathenaic Stadium. And the Panathenaic Stadium is where they held the very first modern Olympic Games. And I also believe it's the only stadium that's made out of completely marble. Um, And it's a really cool place, but this is also one of those sites where you can see literally 99% of this place from outside the fence without having to pay or anything. Um, the only reason you would want to pay is just to go in and say that you've been on the track because literally there's nothing keeping you from seeing the entire thing from outside. I will say last time in Greece, we went at night. It was like maybe eight or nine o'clock at night. And, um, you could literally walk straight up to the actual gate of the stadium and be like right up on it. But this time we went in the middle of the day, it was like three or four o'clock and they were still open. And so they had like a barricade set up, maybe, you know, 50, 50 meters from the actual fence. And so I don't know if that's a new thing 
and that's always up or like when they close and they move that barricade away and then you can get up closer uh, i'm not really sure but either way whether i'd been there or not and i was 50 meters away that wouldn't i wouldn't have paid you know 10 or 15 dollars to just get in the stadium like i can literally see the whole thing so um after that that kind of wraps up the main um the main attractions i would say in athens hang on my recording device fell off the table okay sorry about that anyways <laughs> um so the Panathenaic stadium kind of rounds out the day there in athens and so from the agora we started the agora at 12 30 we headed to or we finished up at the Panathenaic stadium at 6 30. so that's six total hours visiting and walking in between the agora the Oropagus, the acropolis the acropolis museum hadrian's arch temple of zeus and the Panathenaic stadium that's seven sites in six hours um and that's all in i mean that's being at the site you know waiting in line and then walking in between the sites. So that's that's like 90% of the things that I would have wanted to do in Athens anyways, um, all in six hours. And no, we didn't really stop for any breaks. We stopped in the museum a little bit to rest, and that's probably about it. But if you're on a time crunch, if you're in Athens for a long layover, like if you had like eight hours or 12 hours to hit Athens, you can get all that done easy peasy six hours um no problem and so i think that was really interesting when i was like looking at the times i was like wow we did that really fast and um a few of the things i have i was going to be like oh we need to do this like the night before or the next morning before we left but it all worked out we knocked everything out and it wasn't too rushed i feel like we kind of went at the well went at a good pace um, and everything like that. So six hours, you can knock out a ton in Athens. Um, okay, so then the next day we flew out to Santorini. And the thing about flights to Santorini, it's like you can either leave at five in the morning or you can leave at like seven o'clock at night and there's no other flights to Santorini. So that's kind of annoying, but this gave us our first... Um, hack i guess to avoid all of the travel craziness when it comes to the greek islands in the summer so because of our super early flight um we ended up landing in santorini at around like 7 30 in the morning now the first thing that i'm going to mention is make sure that you take the buses around santorini they're super cheap and they're pretty consistent and they go just about anywhere you would want to go um, I will say later in the day, they got super crowded, like people crammed in the aisle, um, like uncomfortable crowded, but in the morning, they're awesome. In the off season, they are awesome. So make sure that you check out the bus schedule and, um, take those whenever you can. I will say when we left the airport, I would probably about a quarter of us went over to the bus station another quarter we're going to get a rental car and then the other half are like looking at their phones hailing taxis spending way much like way more than they should have to get into fira um the second thing that i want to mention is if obviously if you're staying 
in Santorini or on Santorini, then you can just put your bags at your hotel. But we were not staying in Santorini. And so I was able to find a place literally maybe a hundred meters from the main bus station in Fira where you can drop your bags off and like pay a fee and they'll watch your bags all day. And so the first day we were in Santorini, I hadn't found this place yet. And so we like lugged our bags everywhere which were which was super annoying but then when we came back and stayed another day in Santorini I found this place and it was awesome like not having to worry about our baggage not having to carry it around anything it was great it was maybe like 25 bucks for three bags for the whole day so kind of expensive but not really for what you're getting in return um so like I said, we landed in Santorini around 7.30, got to Fira around 8 o'clock, and we just started walking and wandering around Fira. Um, like I said, we had our bags that first day, and so we didn't want to go too far. We didn't want to go to Oya or anything like that. And so I I also didn't really want to miss our ferry either. We were taking a ferry, and I kind of wanted to be close to Fira the whole time, the, that whole day. So we kind of just wandered around Fira, had breakfast, wandered around a little bit more. Um, we walked around the caldera, found a bench that had a great view, and literally just sat on this bench and like people watched and sat around for like a couple hours. And we had lunch, hung around a little bit more, um, and kind of just explored the main Fira area. Um, it was interesting. There was like four or five cruise ships in port, and they didn't start unloading until like nine, nine thirty or something. But then probably like 10, 10 30, there were people everywhere. There were people like meeting tour guides. There were people just wandering around the streets on their own. Um, it started to get pretty crazy. Um, and so then we ended up taking a ferry and I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to like skip a day. Um, but we ended up taking a ferry. So we took the bus to the port, caught a ferry. Um, but fast forward today, we came back to Santorini and our ferry landed at around, around like 6 7 o'clock again. And our flight didn't leave that night until like six o'clock. And so um, this time I dropped, I found the bag drop, drop off place, dropped off our bags and we took the bus up to Oya. And so we got up to Oya, spent most of the day just exploring. And I will say, I don't think as many tourists from cruise ships go all the way up to Oya. I think the cruises drop them off at Fira and most of them just kind of wander around Fira. Fira looks Santorini enough for them. And then, you know, they head back to their ship. I think some people might have made it up to Oya, like if they were on a private tour. Uh, maybe some of them caught a taxi up there. But for the most part, they stayed in Fira. And so I found it interesting. Fira was like covered in trash, there were like bottles everywhere. Because like if you're visiting a place and you're there for like two hours, you get off a cruise ship, you don't care about just leaving a bottle there because you're never going to see it again. But if you're spending the night like you would be in Oya, well, then the next day you see this bottle land there and you're like, oh, I feel like a jerk for just leaving my trash around. Uh, I think you have a little bit more ownership, like even if you don't live there, if you're like spending a few nights versus spending an hour or two. So Oya was like cleaner um, than Fira because I think of the cruise ships and the cruise passengers, which is interesting. So up in Oyo, we spent most of the day up there kind of just wandering around exploring, going up to the windmills, going to like the castle overlook thing. We were sitting there at the castle overlook. Um, I don't think it's called a castle, but I can't remember what it's called. It's like a 
military place where they can like overlook the entire caldera and stuff um but we were just sitting there and there's a door that's locked and it like goes down into like the castle area and this random like old guy just comes up unlocks the door it looks like he's like has some bags of groceries and then he just like walks in and leaves the door open and i'm just sitting there like that's interesting like i never knew like someone lived here that's weird and so like maybe five minutes later a tour group comes up and the tour guide's like oh wow this door's open like I've, that door's never open let's go check it out and so they like walk down there and i'm like these guys are gonna get murdered and thrown into the caldera and so they're like down there maybe like five ten minutes and then they come back out and i'm like well they survived and then i saw a few more people go in there and then come back out and so i'm like let's go check this out and so you go down there and it's really cool because you get to like go to the actual edge of santorini like it's really awesome to be at the point of it um there's some awesome views up there and never saw that guy again i don't know who he was i don't know where he went does he live there i don't know it was kind of weird but it was really interesting and apparently you don't always get that opportunity so it was really cool to um, be able to go and explore that area a little more um so after a while we then caught the bus back down to fira and i will say if you are like on a time schedule like if you have a flight to catch if you have a ferry to catch i would give yourself several um bus bus tripping options um as, as a buffer so uh, what i mean by that like our flight left at say seven o'clock and i wanted to be at the airport by six o'clock which means i needed to catch the five o'clock bus to the airport well, I'm not going to be in Fira at 4.30 and hope I can catch the 5 o'clock bus. I'm going to be in Fira by like 3 o'clock. Um, just because the bus is in the middle of the day, later part of the day when everyone's trying to get back to the ports, everybody's trying to get to the cruise ships, everybody's trying to get to the airport, um, the buses fill up. And so I think at the end of the day, they started like filling up a bus, sending it, filling up another bus, sending it as well. But I wasn't going to take that risk, and so I was going to be on that first bus at the times at the time that I needed it to be to the location I needed it to be. Um, so just be mindful of that, um, giving yourself plenty of time, especially in the summer travel season, to make sure that you get where you need to be. Um, I will say, especially that last day, walking around Fira, like it was hot. There were people everywhere. Like you were walking down stairs and you had to like wait for the person in front of you to go down a stair so that you could go down the next stair. Like it was shoulder to shoulder, fronts to backs. Um, it was crazy. And that was exactly what I thought one Santorini would be like. I thought all of Greece was going to be like that. Um, but Santorini was the only location that was so crowded. Um, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I was kind of right. I was kind of wrong. I was right about Santorini, but I was wrong about Athens. Um, but I was glad that we were able to be there so early in the morning before the cruise ships unloaded, before everybody was out and about during the day. It gave us a little bit of time to really enjoy ourselves before it got crazy. Um, okay, so then the day that I skipped, so we flew into Santorini, spent the day, took a ferry, to an island called Anafi. And Anafi is about a 45 minute ferry ride from Santorini. And it's an island that whenever we told a local that we were going there, they were like, why are you going there? Like, what made you think of think of that? And really, I had just Googled like the best 
islands that aren't very busy. <laughs> that was about it. And of course there's like, you know, there's thousands of islands in the Mediterranean and there's, you know, hundreds of Greek islands that people recommend you going to. But this one was a 45 minute ferry ride from Santorini. Um, we got on the ferry and there was maybe like 40 people on the ferry to go there, which I was actually surprised there were that many. Um, there's only two ferries a week though. So it's like, there's a ferry on say like Monday and a ferry on Thursday. And so if you miss your ferry, well, you got a few more days on the Island. But when we get there, it's really awesome. The hotel picks us up, takes us to the hotel and we're looking out of our window at our hotel and it's like sort of like a condo. And so we're looking out the back window and there's literally a beach, maybe like a hundred yards away. And so there's like a trail that goes straight from our back porch down to the beach and we go down there and there's like, we went to that beach several times in the couple of days we were there, but there was maybe, you know, a max of 10 people on that beach at one time. So it was like our own private beach. The water was so clear and beautiful. Um, it was just a great place. Uh, if we were only there for like two days, we were there for like one afternoon and then one full day and then we left in the morning. And if I had spent more time, there was like a, a lot of hiking to do on the island and things like that that I just didn't have the time to do. But there's so many of those little islands all over Greece. And so that's really probably my main point um, to help people avoid the crowds in the summer is find a random island. Um, yes, Santorini is beautiful. And if you've never been, I definitely recommend checking it out for at least a little bit. But at least for me, I would not have enjoyed myself at all if I had to spend several days on Santorini with all those people. So getting to go to an island that's just as beautiful, um, the beaches are just as amazing, and there's barely anybody there was awesome. So definitely do a little bit of research. It doesn't have to be a Nafi. There's hundreds of other tiny little islands that you can take a ferry to that will probably be just as great, as, if not better. Um, I will say the pricing there was not um, crazy at all. In fact, it was a little bit cheaper than the pricing at Santorini. Hotels were a little bit cheaper. Food was a little bit cheaper. Um, the ferry ride there was not bad at all. I think it was like $10 one way per person. So $20 round trip per person on a ferry to get to this island. It's a no brainer for me. Um, I would totally do it again. So that was our trip. We headed back to Santorini, had the day in Oya, flew out. I will say one other tip is we flew out to uh, Cyprus, which was really interesting. We were flying to Israel after, um, after Greece. And so I thought, okay, fly back to Athens and then Athens to Israel. But it was actually cheaper to fly to Cyprus and then Cyprus to Israel. So there's a lot of flights out of Santorini. I think I even saw a direct flight to like London or something. So um, check out different options when you're flying out. You know, the way you think might be cheapest might not be. And maybe you get to go to another cool country on the way. Uh, last thing I'll say, these budget airlines, I think we flew Volatia um, and then we flew Cyprus Airways. I think those were the only real budget airlines. But, you know, they, they get a lot of slack um, for the budget airlines. But I'll, I'll say 
I, I recommend buying like not the lowest grade, but like the next where it's like you're paying for a checked bag or you're paying for like one extra piece of luggage because I found they board you in different um, in different groups. So if you pay for that one extra step, you get to board first. And it's not that boarding first is great or anything, I don't think. But when you board in that group, they don't care about your luggage. They don't even check. So yes, you could say, okay, I'm buying this 15 kilogram extra luggage. Um, but then you're actually carrying 20 kilograms and they're not going to weigh it. They don't care. You already paid for an extra bag. They're going to let you on. They're going to weigh to make sure the person who didn't pay extra, their bag isn't over 10 kilograms or whatever. So I kind of found that as like a, I don't know, a wild card. Like you just pay this extra fee and then you kind of can kind of get away with anything, um, taking it on the plane. So that would be another tip that I would recommend doing is just go ahead and, you know, you're. You're spending $40 on a plane ticket, might as well spend 55 or whatever and then not have to worry about paying $100 for a checked baggage fee to this airline. Um, so yeah, I found that interesting and it seemed you know, to work that way for all the budget flights that, that I had on this trip. So I'm gonna quit rambling. Um, had a great time in Greece for the second time. Greece is one of my favorite places. Athens is an awesome city. Love Greek food, favorite food in the whole world, Greek food. Um, and I would go again, but I highly recommend checking out the little islands, um, have a great time and you can get a lot done in Athens if you, you plan it correctly. So, um, if you have a long layover or anything like that, um, don't be afraid to go check out the city. If you're interested in seeing any pictures, ask me any questions, anything like that, check out my Instagram at educate your travel. Um, I got this whole trip and my last trip all on my saved stories. Next episode, I'll do a quick one about Cyprus. We only spent a day there, but we did some pretty cool things and it's an awesome place, so I'd recommend it. And remember, it's up to you to make your life interesting. So get up, get out, explore the world. Take that next adventure. Thank you so much for joining me here again today. And I'll talk to you later. See ya.